Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When I started this podcast a bit more than four years ago, I made it very clear that I would never ever get motorsports into the show. But when Stefan Ytterborn, the founder and former CEO of POC, invited me for lunch to talk about his new project called Cake, he made me reconsider that statement. And in this episode, you will learn why. My name is Magnus Ormestad and this is the Swedish outdoor podcast Husky. Husky is produced in cooperation with Naturkompaniet, and this is episode 23 of the International Series. If you want more of this, please head over to huskypodcast.com or find me on Facebook and Instagram at the handle huskypodcast. Um... So when I when I started this podcast project more than four years ago, I made kind of a kind of a promise to myself that um, I want to explore and I want to interview a wide range of people as long as there is no engines yeah. involved. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm about to break that break that vow in a way. Yeah, and I'm sorry. <laughs> To potentially be that reason, or uh, but I would say that that uh, I totally comply with your your take on that because I'm not the motor guy either, so it comes a bit of a surprise to me as well doing what I'm doing right now. And I guess it's it's more the kind of petrol part of it that I'm uh, against than than the engine itself in a way. I yeah, guess. I think that the uh, I would, and again, I, you know, I totally support your your relation to combustion engines and uh, I'd say on from my point of view I, I was always a bit you know scared uh, I kind of have this this uh, anti uh, not wanting to be a part of that whole phenomenon uh, you know uh, souped up Ducatis uh, accelerating in the street at 140 decibels or whatever it disturbs me it's like I get a bit scared and uh, it disturbs me. Yeah. So I, I'm I'm far from that that culture myself, <laughs> actually. So I know what you're saying. Um, I did a interview with you about two years ago, uh, an interview in in Sweden, and that was more focused on you as a person um, and the project that you were uh, about to to finish in a way. I guess back then that was POC. Yeah. Um, so if you haven't heard that interview. Um, 
how would you present yourself, like a brief presentation of yourself? Well, um, so I guess I'm a mission-driven person who loves working, loves the uh, social interaction, sharing a common goal between you know, the guys on the team and uh, going forward, breaking barriers, making new, uh, coming up with something that has relevance and meaning to it uh, on a constant kind of run going forward. Uh, it's a bit of a disease too, actually, but uh, I love what I'm doing. And a, I need a serial, to love what I'm serial doing. entrepreneur. Yes, that's what, what, what some call me. I just happen to do what I, what I must do, I'd say. And I happen, and what drives me is the passion for doing it. And what what made you most uh, famous, I guess, and and what opened the door for for this new project is POC, of course. I would say um, training is important in whatever pursuit that you're you're actually, you know, active doing. Uh, I'd say that uh, I've learned a lot from the POC journey, of course, uh, from the early early startup challenges uh, that I've experienced many times before, but actually succeeding. To the extent we did, without you know, relatively uh, establishing a strong position in in 40 countries around the world or whatever, uh, that really uh, has made things a bit easier uh, in this new phase in terms of both my own experience as well as uh, you know, I can't do this by myself. So there's anything from from suppliers and manufacturers to uh, uh, competent uh, resources and uh, you know. Uh, together with, with, with uh, the aspect of financing what we're doing. So, yes, that definitely lubricated the, 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 uh, what, we're, you know, what we're doing right now. Um, when it comes to starting up a new business, and I've, you've already touched upon that um, in some ways, but what are the best parts? What parts do you enjoy the most when it comes to starting up something new? Well, I would say that this is potentially the most exciting part of, of the journey. I'd say that just looking back, and I always started businesses, uh, but uh, the first maybe three to five years, uh, they're post, you know, possibly the most energizing years due to the fact that uh, you have a strong vision, you know where you're going, but uh, the chance of, of, of uh, uh, exploring new opportunities are huge in that first phase because as you develop the company and become more and more, you know, uh, I'd say engineered uh, in, 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 in conjunction with your actual operation and what you're meant to achieve and so forth, you narrow down the opportunities of, of discovering new. And in the beginning, it's just, you know, you run into things and it's, wow, this is a fantastic opportunity. It supports the long-term goal. Let's get into it. Let's implement it. And then you have your, you know, there are other bad surprises too when you're convinced that this is what we must do. And then you realize after a while that this is com- completely nuts. So in that sense, uh, the dynamics of that, those first years, uh, would be what is the... Uh, what what it's it's like uh, you know you're, you're on a high. What are the worst parts? I'd say the worst parts uh, sometimes if you're uh, uh, if you're a bit uh, the combination of being stubborn and impatient is potentially the worst part because you know exactly what you want to do. Uh, you have the idea of wanting to get to that point sooner than later. 
and sometimes things are just hindering you in terms of you know lack of resources competence financing whatever it might be or simply not having matured the business enough from a structural point of view and therefore not being able to implement stuff and that is potentially the most annoying bit of it knowing but not being able to because of restrictions and and uh in that process, in that chain of events, where do you excel? Where is your, uh, where do you feel at most home with? Uh, I would say that that um, in that whole pond or or in that 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 space, uh, the good and the bad, um, and I'd say, you know many times. Uh, people are disturbed about the fact that there are challenges and issues and, and problems and so forth. And I'd say in any organization, in any, you know, company, entity, uh, you need to love uh, solving issues and problems. I mean, it's not like, ah, we got a new issue here and that lets you down. It's like you need to produce energy from wanting to get into that problem, turn it around and find a solution. And if you're worried about that whole thing, I'd say that you'd be better off doing something else. And this is not a business like startup or entrepreneurial kind of perspective. I think that goes for uh, any situation where you need to structure stuff. Don't expect things to come easy. It's going to be damn tough, and you need to love it. To be, you know, you need to love that challenge. Life's a marathon, not a sprint. Yes. And it's it's a marathon over and over and over too. <laughs> ultra ultra marathon. Yeah. Uh, do you ever feel nostalgic? Because I guess now you are where you were with uh, with Puck a couple of years ago. Do you like feel nostalgic, like thinking back of of those days? Or yeah, I you, I would say that that it's 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 kind of weird. Uh, friends of mine, you know. Uh, you know, we're walking in the street and, you know, there's a POC helmet on some cyclists passing by and they're like, ah, oh, Stefan, another POC helmet, you got to be proud. And I'm like, maybe I should and I probably am on the inside, but uh, it's not that I'm I'm constantly or I can't even think of that nostalgic. I, 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 don't, I don't remember, you know, feeling nostalgic about that situation. Uh, but of course, there's a certain pride and, you know, between me and the colleagues that you know we that that I've had and and we were able to achieve what we did achieve so in that sense there is pride but uh I tend to be the person who's you know going forward uh leaving the stuff behind knowing that whatever experience that I've had in that sense will support my ability to deal with you know new challenges uh but very seldom getting back and you know thinking about the old times romantically and, and, and wanting to, to be there instead of tomorrow. Because that really leads uh, leads us into the next question, uh, which is about like the emotional attachment to, for instance, and, and also um, combined with that, what does your involvement with POC look like today? Do you have any, uh, do you have a desk at the office? No, no, no. I, I've, you know, we have, uh, we had a mutual uh, uh, ambition between us, the new owner uh, in Vescorp, which is an amazing owner in, in with their experience and their knowledge and their abilities enabling the, the company to move forward. Uh, and uh, they have their perspective on the business and uh, I had mine. And we had this intention of actually, you know, 
myself staying on the board and so forth. But after some time, I realized, and it was a mutual thing, we had an open discussion about it, uh, saying that, you know, I'm just going to be uh, an obstacle. You know, hanging around at the board meetings, saying no, and, you know, telling everyone why it shouldn't hanging be Hanging out with that. the design team. And, and, and <laughs> I didn't, you know, I didn't really want to, you know, end up in that situation. So I think that we did the sober thing, saying that, you know, we're good friends. Uh, let's leave it at that and, and move on. So, uh, but again, I had tons of friends back at POC. Things, you know, people that I spent uh, 10 or more years of my life together with on a daily basis. So I would always care for POC and I would always, you know, uh, care for my buddies back there. But uh, who knows? There might be other opportunities between us you know in the business i'm in right now there's going to be a point where we're going to need protection for that as well so you know where to go i you, know where to go you know who to call yes <laughs> um what made uh we will uh, stay stay with stay with puck for for a while more but uh what do you think made puck work so well i think it was the uh, uh, obsession of uh, supporting the mission of of saying that we were to do the best we, we could to possibly save lives and reduce consequences of accidents for gravity sports athletes, mainly skiers and cyclists. Uh, that uh, was the kind of compass or hub that we always got back to and filtered all our decision-making through and whatever. So we never really ever did anything not supporting that. And the, the consistency of doing that over and over and over and being focused on that same challenge, how can we turn this into something that supports our mission uh, really supports a uh, uh, you know you develop a lot of uh, I'd say a a, a, a pitch uh, really knowing how to attack a certain you know opportunity a, a new product a new system a new whatever it might be and uh, focusing on one thing the way we did uh, made us uh, better at, at many things compared to our competition in terms of understanding and spending more time in really penetrating deeply on how to improve things or how to make new or change or whatever it might be. But didn't you also kind of identify kind of a a gap, a kind of a void that you could fill with yeah. with puck? Yeah, and I think that that's potentially the, my, the, the business side of me. I mean, again, we were a team, they are a team. But uh, the void in that sense is is something that uh, I can relate to pretty much right now in what I'm doing, and we might be speaking a bit more about that down the line here. Uh, I think that the, the Stefan, the business character, he's uh, potentially good at identifying voids to be able to, you know, uh, structure, uh, sculpture, or bring forward something that fills that void. And uh, and now we. It's 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 okay to unleash cake now. So, yeah. what what kind of, what kind of void have you identified that you can possibly or hopefully fill with with cake? Well, again, getting back to to uh, our you know what, where we started this this discussion, uh, myself and motorbikes, and I think this this really emphasizes the relevancy of what we're doing. In the end, we'll see if we're going to, you know, turn out being the winners in the sense or not, because the change is happening. Uh, I mean, in terms of uh, uh, motorbike uh, riding becoming something uh, to many people, something totally different to what it has been. Uh, and the void here is pretty much about uh, 
a situation involving current vehicle manufacturers, new technology, new uh, uh, devotees, guys really you know, wanting to explore new technology and, and electrical drivetrains, together with a, a, a market transformation, I would say, in terms of values and directions and, and what they aspire for. So trying to explain that whole landscape, I would start by speaking uh, to what the current vehicle manufacturers uh, would be doing and speaking about two-wheel manufacturers, motorbike uh, brands. Um, and that, before starting, you know, developing that, 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 that idea, I'd say that, that uh, our leading question is basically uh, whether it's going to be, there, there'll be any combustion engines at all in 10 years from now. So in that perspective, uh, and if you're asking me, there won't be. So in that perspective, uh, all of the, the, the motorbike brands, they will have to phase out their combustion engines and turn all their bikes into, uh, you know, something driven by an electrical, electrical drivetrain. And that change is kind of interesting because at this point, the whole motorcycle culture is built on the traditional combustion engine attributes. Noisy, loud, dirty, aggressive, macho, and whatever. So that is the whole. That's the, that's the core cultural kind of attributes for for motorbike. Uh, you know the the motorbike uh, industry. Like if you would make a mood board for the motorbike industry, that would be on that mood board. The the more masculine part. Yeah, noisy it, it and would dirty be the Hulk and and, uh, and, yeah, and yeah. on a bike. Yeah. And that said, uh, right now and. Them also knowing that this transition is happening, but they need to stick to their current customer. They haven't changed their mindset. The current motorbike customer is a happy guy riding his motorbike, and he probably thinks that electrical drivetrains being silent and clean and so forth are a bit uh, query. So in that sense, there's this contradiction between their current business having to stick to their current customers and making them happy, and therefore... If they do, and they will all do eventually, but some of them are, are already making electrical uh, motorbikes, but they look like traditional motorbikes because they need to, there's no chance to, to them, you know, to, to get the acceptance from the, the current market unless they behave as they always did. So in that sense, they're, they're just replacing a combustion engine with an electrical drive chain. Everything is as before, sizing. Uh, you know, weight, uh, everything is complex, complicated, and they really don't bother about, you know, optimizing the level of, of, of or, or lowering the noise. They're still a bit, you know, noisy and so forth. So that's that's a bit, that's that's stagnating. I mean, it, 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 it's, it makes these guys uh, not being able to move ahead uh, as quick as they could, should, or would. On the other side, there is this... this um, there are numbers of, of, of small companies around the world with, uh, you know, guys totally into the opportunities with electrical drivetrains, motors, controllers, batteries and whatever, uh, assembling stuff. And it's basically assembling using off-the-shelf gear. So there's anything from, you know, using a motorbike port here, a front suspension from a downhill mount, mountain bike there, and welding stuff together. And they're, 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 they're homemade uh, prototypes of uh, something that might come. And that's pretty much where we, you know, find our, our position here. But they show the direction forward. It's light. It's easy. It's clean. It's silent. It's 
you know, all of those attributes supporting what not traditional motorbike culture would be, be all about. So really interesting. But uh, in their case, they don't have the, you know, resources, experience, uh, in, you know, in general with, with product development, industrial processes, uh, communication, sales, whatever it might be. So they're still in their garages making these small scale batch or, or limited batches and, and, and but doing really good again with a few compromises not optimizing the, the performance and the ride it, it is it is sorry to interrupt but it's it, to draw a parallel it's kind of uh, it reminds me of the what it looked like when gary fisher started yes. making the first mountain bikes i didn't think about that that's very true because because that what the, and i've interviewed him before yeah, actually yeah. on this podcast and and that was what he did he he Absolutely. Uh, he just took some parts from motorbikes yeah. here and bikes there yeah. and kind of assembled them together with a weld yeah like uh, yeah You're absolutely correct. That is very much a similar situation. And at this point, there's also a, a drivetrain involved in that, that whole thing. Yes. So that's happening. So traditional uh, uh, vehicle industry, motorbike brands, the new guys, you know, trying out and, and, and making this happen and showing the direction going forward. Uh, so... In that sense, what we want to do is by being inspired by all of these, you know, small-scale companies doing what they're doing, bringing these uh, hybrid bikes to the market. We want to make a, a proper product in that sense, based on what they, the, di- the direction they already showed us, which is basically optimizing all of these new, uh, uh, I'd say, values or qualities that the uh, electric electrical drivetrain brings to this experience. Which is again, I've said it before, but it's it's clean, it's perfectly silent, it promotes you know the easiness or simplicity of riding the bike. You don't need to clutch and, and change gears and all that. It's all about you know if you can ride a bike, you can get out there. Uh, and I would say just as a comment uh, in that sense, one of the most wonderful, uh, I would say what the, the, the most. Uh, energizing feedback I get is when I have a you know a 20 year old girl for the first time riding these bikes, and uh, they put on their helmet and the boots and whatever, and uh, they idle away, being a bit worried about the whole situation at 20 k's, and then 40 minutes later getting back to me, and just you know with the biggest smile on their faces saying that Stefan, this is the most amazing thing that I've ever done. So anybody who's into you know. Uh, Potentially having skied, surfed, or whatever, but just getting out there, or you know, having ridden a bike before, uh, get out there and get back, and it's you know they're totally hooked and stoked about the, the the whole experience. So that's the positive side. But what's interesting is is also uh, you know you, you you expand the, the the market matrix. I don't believe that the majority of our customers in the future will be um, traditional motorcyclists. Uh, Thanks to the electrical drivetrain, and this is not only us, there's going to be so many more people that can get on a bike and just enjoy the ride and have fun. Uh, and then there's the other positive side, which is the tinkering side. You don't, you don't really need to tinker with a, with, 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 uh, you know, a motorbike with an electrical, electrical drivetrain. Uh, so we foresee anybody who has an outdoor interest, exploring and discovering the outdoors, going to places you, you didn't go to before because it was too far away or it brings you somewhere with a bit more excitement, you know. Uh, and 
upon par with these, you know, with the smiling twenty-year-old uh, women. There's there's this 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 perception of surfing in the woods, uh, skiing on the flats, and, and similar feelings. So, I'd say that uh, there's going to be a um, uh, a group of people that uh, wouldn't uh, describe themselves as uh, motorbike riders or not even having had that experience of before. So that's that's interesting, and this is again. Uh, happening in conjunction with a market which is becoming more and more uh, demanding, more and more sustainability oriented, uh, more you know uh, supporting and questioning uh, topics like uh, you know we have situations in California with car companies, for instance, not being true to uh, their promise, uh, and I'd say that the suspicion in the market for traditional combustion engine uh, brands and companies uh, will just, you know, increase over time. So all of these companies need to phase out their combustion engines in the next 10 years. But in the meanwhile, any company who does not have that, uh, you know... The Plan B? Or, or would, would, you know, having to carry a bad history together, mm -hmm. you know, with them, uh, these, the, the, this, this change in the market means that people will turn to companies like Tesla or whatever that, that you know, they're clean and, and, and don't need to, uh, to uh, hide behind something which is uh, uh, against this kind of transition in the market. Um, and to, to just pause here a bit and kind of uh, paint, paint a picture of yeah. the end product, Yes. Because we haven't really, uh, if someone is listening to this who haven't heard of, no, of no, Cake before, no, what no. is the uh, the end product? So what we're doing uh, is basically establishing a um, uh, an off-road uh, electrical motorbike. And again, uh, having described what I said before, that the motorbike companies continue doing motorbikes, and then we have the hybrids, the new guys, you know, welding together what they're doing in the in the garages around the world. What we're doing is basically starting from scratch. So uh, an electrical drivetrain means that you can make, you can produce a bike which, with amazing performance, not having to weigh 110 kilos, but at 65 kilos, we can make something which is uh, a, a new vessel for exploring the outdoors. But we needed to do it from, from, from scratch. That said, uh, there wasn't a single, you know, hub in the market supporting uh, the, uh, the, uh, the 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 uh, what we needed to terms what we need in terms of durability and performance. There wasn't a rim. We had to make new wheels as a whole with axles and everything that comes with it. Uh, we needed to come up with uh, uh, a frame solution, mix of you know high grade alloy and and, and carbon fiber. We needed to uh, develop our, our, you know, anything from stems and handlebars and so forth. So there is, everything is made from scratch. Uh, even the suspension, and of course the sus suspension needed to be adjusted to, 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 uh, to support our need. So uh, either by ourselves or together with the best suppliers out there, um, uh, everything has been turned around to optimize this experience making sure that we we uh, come up with something that is a uh, uh, and this will evolve over time we will learn a lot but at this point is something that is maximizing the experience with an electric drivetrain 
and everything that comes with it in terms of supporting uh, the ultimate ride in, uh, in, in the outdoor or out there. Yeah, I've seen some 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 sketches. I guess some some concept sketches, and, yeah. and you can they are online as well on some some yeah, but magazines. That's, that that's not really what's online is basically old design patent stuff because okay, okay. we we had to at an early stage just uh, box the kind of. Uh, generalistic side view okay. of the bike we're doing so but what you're looking at is kind of a limber it looks it looks like a neat limber like motor motor motocross motorcycle yeah and, and i mean there are two wheels there's a seat there's a handlebar and all that uh i would say that what we're trying to promote here um, and now we're speaking about tonality and design uh, is something which is um quite the opposite of the much aggressive loud noisy whatever uh, to support the experience of something which is is clean, silent, smart, agile, fun, uh, high-level performance. So, you know, if you compare what we're trying to do without any further, you know, uh, comparisons, uh, we want to turn the uh, telephone of the 1970s into an iPhone. Yeah. So, nothing is left aside. Every little detail is 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 specifically engineered and designed designed to support the, the the performance at first and then the way everything fits together. Um, even, you know, we even making our own tires uh, just to support, uh, uh, you know, this whole business evolves from, from a mission to contribute to speeding up the, the, the journey towards a zero emission society. And we need to be true to our uh, mission and the embedded promise somehow and make sure that we walk all the way through. So on the tire side of things, for us, for instance, we're developing tires that uh, would, uh, you know, leave less, uh, would, would actually, wouldn't destroy the actual, you know, the, the, the turf that we're, we're capitalizing on. So everything needs to be supported all the way through to make sure that we do the best we can to honestly promote the aspects of sustainability here. So therefore, again, it's it's uh, something new. It's a new vehicle from scratch. Um, the or when it comes to origins, the origins for for cake. What was um, the most important? I don't know. Revelation or seed or call it what you want. Like um, what what made um, was there a incident that kind of started all this? I think you know the. the uh, I have two sons working with me uh, in the company, uh, and uh, we've been spending time together since they were babies doing stuff. And um, we started, you know, trying out these different uh, electric drive drivetrain motorbikes uh, a few years back, summertime, and we were all kind of stoked about the the amazing experience and the fact that it was totally quiet we had encounters with eagles and animals and it was amazing how you became a part of something uh you know of 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 of, of the outdoors and, and and nature in in a totally new way i you know i had the feeling i had a similar feeling the first time i tried on a, a pair of, of you know a sony walkman back in in late the late 1970s first time you'd hear perfect music uh, and not you know being inside a room with whatever comes with that in terms of hi-fi and, and that 
That was so amazing, and it's it's a very similar feeling as you're surfing through the woods and interacting with nature in a totally new way. And this really, you know, we started speaking about this, and uh, I was busy doing POC, and my son started thinking about whether this eventually could become a business. And I left them doing that for a while, and uh, when I concluded that uh, it was actually time for me to move on, uh, we decided that... Uh, I would continue, uh, you know, uh, being active in, in, in what they had been, you know, at an early stage looking into. Uh, what kind of what kind of team did you assemble for this? Like you said, you're working with your two sons. And, yeah. And you have some kind of a brain trust around Yes. Uh, and I would say that, that uh, they're brilliant in what they're doing, but they don't have any specific experience from any of the uh, the uh, areas that we're dealing with, but they're doing a hell of a good job. But of course, we needed to make sure that we had, uh, you know, and this is also my, my if, if you want to do something, uh, you, you better be best at what you're doing. I'm not saying that we are best, we'll be judged later on, but unless we have the ambition of, you know, winning the Olympics or the world championships, there's no reason for us to do it. So in that sense, I needed to collect people and competences supporting uh, a team uh, ability to get to the point where we actually win that game or, or the tournament. So uh, the first thing I did was basically uh, getting in contact with uh, a guy named David Earl, and David is, has his uh, experience from, especially from the bike industry, industry but also from the, the, the motorcycle industry. But he's been with Specialized, he was the... Uh, uh, lead, lead designer at Santa Cruz and so forth, and he's been inventing suspension uh, and, and being in charge for, for geometry uh, aspects and so forth with big American bicycle companies. And he happened to, he happens to, 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 to split his time between San Francisco and Taiwan. And uh, we're going to use Taiwan for the manufacturing of our components and, and our frames and that. Uh, just because they're they're best at what they're doing, they've been doing that for the past thirty five years, and they support um, a number of, of known industries or I'd say bike and, and motorbike uh, brands with uh, the highest level of, of quality you can think of. So both his competence in, in developing frames and geometries and suspension and that, together with the fact that he happens to be be you know in 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 in, in Taiwan half the time, we decided to bring him onto the team and to establish our Taiwanese company. So we have a little office in Taiwan with him and uh, a guy named Li Wang, who is also an experienced uh, engineer, having been in the, the, the bike and the uh, motorbike industry, um, developing and, and uh, managing our vendors back there. So that is wonderful. The next challenge has, of course, been, been, been uh, the actual suspension manufacturing, because even though you can go to a factory and make your own suspension, we uh, knew that we'd be better off if we could actually get to to a suspension uh, company, uh, being you know uh, excited about the opportunity and developing what we needed specifically for our you know category or criteria. Uh, so there's that company, and we're going to reveal down the line in full what that company is. But it supports uh, highest possible quality and all that, and they've supported us developing. Uh, specific uh, products for this, 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 the, for our needs, which has has been amazing. And then when it comes to the um, electrical drive train, uh, which has been our least, 
you know, or the most challenging, I would say, uh, area of competence, uh, we finally f got in touch with uh, an amazing guy, Dr. Professor Uwe Hager. He's a German guy. As long as if if you got a German on your team, you're settled. Yeah, yeah. If you yeah. got if you got a German engineer, it's like you can yeah. you can just relax. Yeah, and he <laughs> he's, he totally uh, supports our, our ability to relax in that sense. Uh, and he's like, uh, yeah, he's like, you know, he's like a computer, a, a big data computer himself. Uh, anything that has to do with with these topics, he's just there, and he's uh, and he's really. It's really sweet because, you know, he describes himself as a petrol head uh, and laughs about it. Uh, on the other hand, he's been into electrical drivetrains for the past 15 years. Uh, having developed a few trial bikes and so forth for, for brands that we know about, uh, but really was intrigued by what we're trying to do here again, which is not getting into the uh, following what the, the, the motorbike industry is doing, but establishing something new, a new category optimizing the interaction between the actual vessel itself and a new drivetrain technology and therefore opening new doors to a new market, exploring new grounds, uh, respectfully being a part of something not disturbing. And he loves all of that. And it's so sweet because he's definitely not the guy that you'd expect who would support what we're doing just by generalizing what traditional motorbikes guys would would be all about. So it's it's really sweet, and he's extremely uh, a huge um, uh, asset for us at this point, of course. And then we have other guys. I have David Gonzalez, uh, amazing uh, industrial designer, uh, used to work with Scania just before trucks and that. Uh, Marcus Carlson, who's uh, uh, a motor custom bike builder, mo motorbike custom builder, and uh, he was professionally working with with Sona Ericsson uh, being a lead engineer there and so forth so we're you know step by step building a very uh, dense organization of people uh, supporting our ability to eventually win that tournament um, we had a we had a lunch some time ago and, and we were talking about about cake uh, and 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 you said something like uh, your customers are more Patagonia people than Kawasaki people Yeah, I'd say that, that has become a saying within the company. Uh, the, the first thing I, 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 you know, I say is that we're into off-road electric motorbikes, but this is much more Patagonia than Kawasaki. And I think that's the, the, the entrance point to trying to understand or share, trying to, 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 to make people understand what we're doing. And uh, I think it, it does uh, underline the fact that uh, this is not going to be what uh, people would expect from a two-wheeled motorized vehicle. Um, we've already touched upon like the, the, the customers and, and uh, what but but I want to dig a bit deeper into what kind of people you think you expect are going to to uh, to uh, to use this and 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 and, um, and buy this like what do you think what is your customer doing right now? I think our customer right now uh, uh, would be on on a mountain bike, uh, out skiing, snowboarding, uh, uh, hiking, uh, exploring. Uh, it's a modern-minded individual who cares about things uh, from a uh, holistic perspective. It's about who they are in relation to 
the uh, collective as a whole who care about uh, the big issues and want to contribute somehow. So they're, they're passionate people enjoying life, being able to, uh, uh, to some extent, enjoy life too. Because uh, again, it's, it's, I mean, jogging will, will always be an easier pursuit in terms of your capability of supporting that specific activity. We're bringing something to the market that has a price to it and so forth. So in that sense, uh, let's not fool ourselves. Uh, but I, I would say just to give you a good idea about how we're thinking, like uh, we're not going to end up showing our bikes at the big motor shows in the world. Uh, our launch plan is to uh, start the pre-sales uh, campaign by showing the first time at uh, outdoor retail in Salt Lake City. So that said, our friends would be Arcteryx, North Face, Patagonia, Marmot, and whatever it might be. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. That's the context. That's that the crowd. We, yeah, that's the crowd. So, the, you know, three weeks later, we go to, to Ispo and do the same show there and show, you know, and then it's more winter, traditional sporty uh, companies together with the outdoor companies, of course. So that's our, our, our second show. The third show we do is going to the uh, uh, design and furniture show in Milan in April. So why do we go there? Well, it's about people who care about uh, uh, things... Uh, from that sustainability and long-term perspective, also appreciating wonderful products. So I'd say that uh, architects and designers and so forth uh, also, you know, uh, saluting the idea of, of, of uh, an active lifestyle uh, will support our, our initial, at least, um, combination of, of, of different uh, minds 
hopefully supporting what we're doing. So a, a potential uh, a potential scene would be kind of a group of climbers jumping onto their cake bikes and and driving out to their favorite crag out in the desert someplace and and, and climbing and then uh, taking the bikes back home. I'd say that's a perfect uh, that that'd be a, a perfect uh, commercial <laughs> for our bike. Uh, you know. A surfer bringing their 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 their, their board to a remote break that they normally wouldn't be going to, a uh, you know we 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 uh, you gotta you gotta you gotta make uh, a board uh, racks. For yeah, there, the, there would be board racks, yeah. of course. <laughs> so we need to support all of that. You know, the, the, the life uh, that that these people uh, aspire for and do live. Same thing. We're doing this this film eventually together with. Uh, uh, a safari through Africa, uh, which is going to be amazing, where the silence of the bike means that you can actually get up to the animals really, really close. And when, you know, you need to escape, you have the ability <laughs> of doing that pretty pretty fast. So it's it's interesting. But again, it's, it shows new dimensions to interacting with, you know, the outdoors and the wildlife uh, in a way which has, hasn't been, been, been done before, thanks to... Uh, the cat, the, the character of the of the vessel. Um, I'm a, uh, I'm a, I'm a I'm a big fan of bicycles, and I ride all year round, and I always like commute by bike and so on. And this winter, I I um, I usually I usually um, uh, I I I, um, uh, I usually ride at a kind of good pace. Yep. I'm not the slowest out there, uh, but this winter, one morning, I was. I noticed something in the corner of my eye, and it usually doesn't happen. But but a guy like overtook me, like yeah. like with a swoosh. Yeah, and that was a uh, he was on a fat bike. Yeah, he was on an electric fat bike. Yeah. Um, in what ways is is cake different? Because this is, I think it's so interesting with the, uh, like all the mutations yeah. growing out of the mountain bike in a way. Yeah, because you had this mountain bike turned downhill and then you got enduro and yeah. now you got like full suspension cross-country bikes yeah. that's kind of enduro yeah. bikes but and now you uh, you have the development of electric bikes yeah. and uh, uh, electric fat bikes and yeah. so on so it's in what ways is is cake different would you say i'd say that uh a mountain bike whether it's a fat bike or a, a downhill like bike with a motor or an enduro bike with a motor they will be uh, enduros, downhill bikes, or fat bikes with an aid engine, basically. Which is amazing, because I was super critical. I bike a lot too, and I was like, I never ever use a motor on my, my mountain bike. But I gotta admit, when I'm at, at, at Hellas Gordon, speaking about Gary Fisher that he went to 20 years ago and liked it, uh, outside Stockholm here, it's amazing feeling like Superman being supported by that little Bosch 250 watt motor. Uh, what we're doing, our motor is, you know, 50 times, you know, more powerful. So what we're doing is basically something totally different. It's a motorbike. No matter how we turn things around, it will be a, a motorbike. Uh, acceleration, uh, top speed and everything is going to be uh, according to motorcycle standards. So there's nothing that we can, there's no kind of in between uh, high way that we can use to, uh, you know, to substitute the bike or, and they're two different ex experiences. So I t totally support, and I think that the whole e-bike thing is just gonna explode. 
because it is amazing and it will bring people further, you know, into the woods. Uh, they'll explore more. They'll have more more fun. And it's not going to uh, substitute the traditional biking. It's just going to expand. I think more people will bike. So. It's so common. Like uh, over the last two years or something, it's so super common. Like if you if you commute like eight o'clock or nine o'clock in the morning and vice versa, like yeah. four or five o'clock in the in the afternoon, it's it's like I see so many e-bikes, yeah. like um, regular bikes, but with a you get yeah. overtaken by an old lady. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's scary. But but that's my worry because I think that situation is going to implode. Because the situation commuting in the city when the e-bike is still being considered a bike yeah. and sharing the, 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 the bike roads between... And the bike roads are already and, narrow as it is oh, with yeah, a lot of like bottlenecks and so on. And sometimes I'm, I'm on one of these e-bikes myself and I realize that this if, if, if we're twice as many e-bikes, mm. which is going to happen next year, it's going to be a meltdown. So that's going to be a tricky thing for 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 safety reasons, for uh, planning cities and and infrastructure and whatever. But of course, it's happening because it's the most beautiful commute uh, alternative. When you when you make something entirely new as you do, what is the uh, what is the first step like um, when it comes to the I guess the uh, the engineering part, I guess, like uh, the blueprint part of it. What, what, where do you start? Because, like you said, yeah. you, you're making basically everything from scratch. Yes, yeah, uh, I'd say that that. I think that starting from uh, change, uh, looking at something that will turn things around or will show a, a new direction or will support or solve a problem differently. Uh, speaking about the what and the why or the mission and, and the vision is certainly where I start. So I need to target exactly what I want to achieve. And then I get back st- starting the engineering process. And to me, the engineering process is all about structuring the work to get to where you're aiming at. So in that sense, I always start by what and why before I start with the how. And the engineering process is the structure to support that the, the, the road. And then I would say adding on to that comes the design aspect because you want to give uh, that final result a certain tonality in conjunction with what I described as the aspired perception. You want to be perceived by a certain target group in a specific way. So in our case, we want to make sure that uh, our ambition of establishing something that will be liked by those outdoor guys and share our vision uh, that we you know, believe will support their idea of something that they will dig into and, and support. That needs to be uh, you know, sim- or, uh, mutual somehow. So it's, it's all about assuming in the process and speaking to people and, and so forth to, give, you know, to, 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 to sculpture everything we do uh, in a way that supports that, that aspired perception of ours and eventually, hopefully, succeeding, uh, establishing a a uh, connection or a relation with our customers where we we uh, appreciate the same thing. But isn't it, it's got to be a, a super frustrating process in a way because, like, what kind of milestones do you set up? What kind of goals do you set up for yourselves to, in order to kind of celebrate? Because it, you know, from, from day one to... Yeah. To the first release, like yeah. the first, like full-on, yeah. like functional prototype, yeah. it's a long time, yeah. and um, it's got to be frustrating to kind of 
you only see this, uh, I guess, kind of CAD, like computer-generated yeah. parts yeah. and everything, and it's all good and fun. But uh, when it like eventually you gotta you gotta have something physical to to kind of touch and feel and and, and yeah. But you know the the joy of getting the first uh, CNC machine stem or the foot peg <laughs> or a 25 millimeter axle for the first time just out of the machine it's just you know it's like like um, Christmas so I can tell you that we're celebrating a lot and it's all about those a new things. bolt yay yeah yeah but it's 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 amazing <laughs> it's really yeah. fun and sometimes you get you know a whole backswing and and stuff mm. that you've been you know dealing with or or, or, or having turned around for for months and months and months finally comes out and if in the best of case it, it supports you what what you were trying to achieve and sometimes you just need to get back to the drawing board and do it again but that the process is full of, of, of little surprises so I'd say that 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 joy is potentially even more joyful the journey I mean like everyone says yeah, the know, journey is the reward it's, it's, yeah. <laughs> so when the bike is finished sometime and this goes with all of the product development processes that I've been through and that you know I've been through a lot, I'd say that uh, sometimes when the, the product is finished, you, you, you end up having a, a, an anti kind of, uh, uh, it's not, uh, it's not that, that feeling of, of uh, energy and, 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 and uh, happiness. Sometimes it's the opposite, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you, if you would, if one would get the keys to the secret lab, yeah. to the secret cake yeah. lab, uh, would you open a door and find like? Do you have like prototypes out there already? Or yes, we have a number of generations uh, out there actually, and uh, functional. So, yeah, and they look like you know. You'd if you'd see something, you'd say that, uh, and they're all very far from the final result because sometimes we might be testing uh, you know suspension, mm. and then we build the prototype based based on something where we can which is. Similar, we buy a Kawasaki 85cc and try the suspension on that because it's going to take us too long time to weld a new tubular frame to support the the measurements of the the, uh, the uh, suspension components. Another time, we're trying the actual angles of a a bike and then there's a tubular prototype which is exactly geometry-wise what it should be and so forth. But it's totally off in terms of of weight, for instance, because it's too heavy. Mm. So... um, we hope to be to be able to have the first 100% with every little component supporting the the experience by August September. That's the timeline. Yeah, when when we get to, mm. to try what we believe is going to mm. be, you know, mm. the correct uh, combination of, of 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 components, then we're going to get to a point where that is going to be revised and again uh, our ambition is to launch, or actually to deliver our first bike by midsummer next year. So in in mid June in 2018, the first customers should be on our first bike. The first surfers are out there with a board on a yes in a board rack. Yeah. <laughs> um, when I think of when I think of, of cake, what I what I think is going on is um, I see kind of two parts of it. Um, first of all, you have the engineering part of it. Yeah. Um, like like creating the bike from yeah. scratch but it's also about changing people's conception and perception yeah. uh, what part of it is are you most excited about 
again, I'd say that uh, I, I'm, I'm totally... Um, uh, I'd, I'm so excited uh, by being able to share this experience of silently surfing the woods. I want everyone to try it because it's an amazing feeling. So that is a strong driving force. And then that happens to connect with my interest in, in you know, developing products, engineering, design-wise and so forth, making sure that all of the details are really supporting what we're trying to achieve. So it's like two things coming together with very different, you know, reasons or, or, or you know, one is just, you know, share it with the rest of the world. The other is... Uh, the love for 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 details and making sure that nothing is left at chance. So it's a combo thing, of, of two main things I would say. Um, and like embarking on a on a journey such as this one, like it's a kind of an exploration. Yeah, it is still. I don't want to jinx anything, but it's still. I mean, failures. Failure is 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 always a, a possibility. Absolutely. And setbacks and. And everything. How do you? What are your thoughts on possible, like, setbacks? And and what is a failure? Like, what is your uh, relation to to failures when, uh, it, when it comes to like entrepreneurship? So, so speaking about uh, the risks in, involved, I mean, I'm we're going to fail a hundred times, a thousand times, uh, and I think that uh, establishing a common perspective and or a goal within a team or an organization where everyone knows where you're going, it's not any problem to, 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 to make a mistake or, 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 or when things turn even worse and it's, things collapses on you because you know where you're going. And sometimes you, and you realize that this is going to take it's another six months or potentially two years down the line, longer than what we thought. But with that long-term perspective, uh, you'll always end up getting to that specific point. But the way there would potentially be different to what you thought it would be in the beginning. So in that sense, I don't have a problem with, with, with making mistakes or failing. Uh, failing together on a team means that you learn a lot. And if you don't lo lose the focus and know where you're going despite that failure, uh, you just rearrange or reform and move on. So in that sense, I know there's going to be a lot of hiccups. The next perspective in terms of failure, a total failure in terms of that this did, didn't, didn't happen, I'd say that um, uh, I would say it's very unlikely that we end up not, you know, whether we'll reach our 10% market share in 10 years, which is on paper or not, we'll see. But I think we're going to end up pretty close to that because it's also a very tangible goal in that sense. Uh, and uh, I'm pretty certain that we'll, we'll get to that point again it's not going to be a straight line we're going to run into things there will be detours and, and whatever it might be but uh, the understanding of what competition is and uh, having had you know the experience of of, of what the team in, in combination has, uh, I'm sure we'll get there. And it might sound cocky or, or big-headed, but uh, uh, 
do it well and you will succeed. I think that the biggest challenge for us right now is, is to make sure that we have enough uh, what might stall or halt our, our, our process going forward might be issues like financing, for instance. So when I started POC 10 years ago and I said that, hey guys, listen, everyone's going to wear a helmet in 10 years from now. And people were like, oh yeah, no chance. And there wasn't any rocket science behind that because looking at the trends in society and what was going on and so forth when it comes to, to skiing as a discipline and what was going on um, and eventually also on the cycling side of things with you know sharing the roads with cars, uh, the general perspective on safety and feeling you know well-being and feeling safe in society as a whole. Uh, was a clear, you know, uh, ingredient in, in that, and the fact that that skiing had turned into a, a much more dangerous pursuit than ever before, thanks to the, the whole X Games or, or because of the X Games uh, and also the phenomenon. development of the skis. Yeah, yeah, of and the, the carving skis yeah, increased yeah, yeah. the average speed by 30 percent on the slope. So in that sense, people were aware, they were inspired, they were were a bit worried, and the general trend in society promoting the idea of you know being okay and feeling safe. It was clear that that helmet would be something that everyone would use, and I would say today we're probably at 85% or something. And the same thing would happen today. And now I, of course, I need to be humble about the whole situation. We'll see if we end up getting the the, the 10% market share or not. But the important thing here is that. What we're doing will happen with or without us, because this is for sure. And this is, I think, the, the first insight that people need to, to, to understand, that this will change the scene for, for two-wheeled motorized vehicles. It will, with or without us. Um, if I would do my best to kind of shoot down this dream and this ambition yeah. that you have uh, when it comes to cake, I would talk about consumption and, yeah. and your views on on consumption today because I can and this goes the same with with for instance Tesla and I yeah. think it's a problem that they should or would struggle with as well and yeah. it's on on the one hand you can see it like do we need the new stuff like the best thing to do is to kind of keep the old stuff and yeah. keep it running yeah. but on the other hand um what you risk doing then is like you don't want to obstruct development and in order for uh, engineers to develop um like improving the way we live you got to uh you got to keep this kind of consumption running i guess but do you know what yeah. i mean it's kind yeah, of it's it's kind I, of uh, i'm struggling kind of, with that that it's a, it's a dilemma it's a every day and i think that one of the perspectives here which is i'm not going to hide behind it but as long as as market economy is the kind of structure that we're a part of uh, the whole system right now supports the idea of consuming brings in you know a lot of financing the whatever society uh, services and so forth as a consequence of, of that same phenomenon uh, but of course it's a, it's it's a big struggle and we might be speaking a bit about electricity as well because I think that just getting out there shouting about wow look at us we're doing a, you know it, this is all electric it should be good which is not and I I, I want to point at that uh, separately uh, as I comment on what you just said <laughs> I would say that uh, on par with uh, our ambition to be able to sell as many bikes and therefore supporting our revenues for us to be able to continue developing more and more and more accurate and potentially even more sustainable products uh, we're going to need that fuel uh, 
uh, on the other hand, I'd say that if we can replace the majority of motorbikes out there quicker or sooner than later, we will have a positive effect to the you know to the the, the, the equation of, 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 of kind of, of a zero sum thinking. Yes. So in that sense, you could also say, but let's try and rebuild all of the current combustion engine motorbikes and 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 swap the the the, the combustion engine with an e-drive train. That would make sense too. Yes, that would make sense, and uh, potentially it will happen. It happens with cars in America. California is a big market for 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 uh, for for uh, swapping motors in that sense, uh, and I th- I'm sure it will happen on, on the motorbike side of things as well. But what we're doing is that. Um, for instance, and I've been touching on it before, I think that like, like the snow market, the ski and snowboard market, is a wonderful uh, market for us to explore. Uh, and by exploring, I mean addressing and being a part of their summertime activity, uh, you know, uh, quiver somehow. That said, uh, making sure that we end up uh, with, you know, Ore or Vail or Whistler whatever it might be, and not selling bikes, but making sure that we can have bikes at that, you know, in these at these resorts, making people get, you know, get the chance to do renting bikes or however that system is built. So right now we're speaking to a number of different ski resorts around the world uh, to potentially become the initial resource for us, where they can promote uh, their, uh, you know, uh, their 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 their. their uh, need to to attract you know tourists uh, during summertime uh, supporting the idea of people want you know who want want to be active being out there and and you know with something which is driving adrenaline to some to some extent uh, as well as supporting the, the idea of, of sustainability as a whole so it all comes together in a good way where the ski industry itself makes a good platform for us to, to move on and that sense it's not about selling it's about you know, finding ways of supporting without having to multiply the number of, of, of units at all times. But there's this balance, of course, because we need we need the units too to get the revenues. But alternative revenue streams are definitely on our agenda. The kind of the shared economy thinking. Yeah, yeah. and also being able, this is the beauty of it. I mean, I speak uh, with passion about uh, the bike we're developing from scratch, every little detail, which is amazing. But it's also the you know opportunity for us to develop something which is everything you know we can separate everything. So yeah. the, the whole matter of deconstruction, uh, we don't need to deal with something that we have in our backpack and and try to solve it. We can start from scratch and you know engineer something that easily is disassembled and then you know deconstructed in in, in, a, in a true manner. So that's one of the advantages in that sense. And that's also uh, on my list, uh, the part with the kind of sustainable design, because I know, I th- at least I think you, s- you told me something about like kind of module thinking that it's with replaceable components and so on, that it's, um, that that is on the... Yes, and I think that we, you know, not saying that we, we're, we're uh, perfect in that sense, but we can make the, the easy stuff from day one, which is basically making sure that we don't design anything which not, you know, integrating two inseparable parts and whatever it might be to, 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 to end up being a, an issue in that sense. Uh, so when it comes to to to, um, to, to uh, reuse and to, to, to separation and all that, it works really well. But I think that we 
down the line, we'll become much more sophisticated, especially as we de develop more platforms. I mean, we're launching our first off-road bike as a limited edition uh, in a year from now, and that then that model will become uh, an off-road standard version, uh, and then there's going to be a commuter version based on that same model, and then we're going to launch the next bike and another bike and so forth in pretty much the same manner. That said, uh, we will you know, building structures where we can share the different parts between these different platforms in a, in a way supporting rationality, both from a, you know, a financial perspective, but as well as, as from a, a, an environmental perspective to make sure that we don't reinvent because, you know, for just the, the, the purpose of reinventing. And also, like, if, if, I, if I buy a platform A, I can stick to that for like five or ten years, and yes. if I if I if I want some more juice, some more yeah. power, or speed, or whatever, I can just replace a part yes. instead of and this, getting rid of that yeah. and buying a new yeah. platform. Yeah, and then th there's this this amazing. Uh, I mean, you can soup up uh, your 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 bike down the line thanks to that, but there's also the the, the aspect of of, of uh, uh, using an e drivetrain. Uh, everything is electric, so in that sense. Uh, at this, this is the first bike we we we, we do. We potentially using 65, 70 percent of the actual performance of the, of the drivetrain. So potentially we could, you know, just by you know digital apps or whatever, uh, over time increase the level of, of torque or, or or top speed or different riding moods and so forth at the, from a distance. So it's really beautiful in that sense. So uh, as we own, as we can. We may own if the, the the owner wants us to to access their software and therefore mm -hmm. being able to you know from the from our service office basically change the the, the riding uh, performance on the bike. When you when you're fried when when your uh, when your friend borrows it you can you can slow him down a bit. Yes, yes, that's the, that's that's the <laughs> take the, it easy. The goal. Take it easy. Yeah. Um, when it comes to zero emission. What is zero emission in your definition when well, it comes to? It's it's I would say it's it's uh, utopia because it's never ever going to happen uh, as long as we're uh, you know as long as there's life on this planet there'll be emission issues so in that sense it's an abstract abstract uh, vision going forward but it kind of defines at least the concept of of reducing the footprint as much as we we, we can when it comes to emissions. So that sense, we're using zero uh, emission as that intangible goal down the, the line, making sure that um, as you're riding the bike, uh, there is no uh, need to, to, to really, or you, you, there won't be any emission consequences to some extent, because again, you'd be wearing out tires and you need to make a new tire. And that tire is going to, you know, need... Uh, the power to make that machine produce, uh, you know, the, the tire and whatever. So in that sense, uh, we'll never be totally, you know, clean in that sense. And we need to support or to understand that and not be stupid about it. But I think right now there are important aspects that uh, need to be discussed for all of us that, you know, support the idea of, of, of contributing to a sustainable future to understand the whole, the, the whole com the complexity of electricity much better. So at this point, we have a number of issues and problems, like the fact that the, the, the majority of the batteries, the cells being used, are being produced in, in Japan and China, where the, you know 95% of the energy needed is being produced from, from nuclear power stations, mm -hmm. burning oil or coal or whatever. So we're just moving away 
you know, the issue of, 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 of contaminating geography from one place to another. Yeah. Uh, but there are wonderful initiatives happening. I mean, we have Northvolt in, in Sweden, for instance, establishing a, a you know, a cell battery factory, uh, only using renewable energy in that sense. Uh, but again, there are much simpler aspects, uh, which is basically uh, our customers not knowing where they get their elect- electricity from. So if you buy electricity, uh, which has been produced from, from brown, brown coal in Germany, for instance, you might as well you know, fill your motorbike with gasoline, and it's going to be a much better equation. So in that sense, there's a lot of, of, of things that we need to be 100% transparent and open about, and also somehow take the market with us to open their eyes and see, hey, make sure that you choose a supplier of electricity that has, you know, their electric- electricity produced by, you know, wind, solar or, or, or you know, hydro uh, or whatever. Uh, or not whatever, but as, as long as, <laughs> it, as, as it's, it's, it supports the idea, of course. Uh, so there's there, there are things that uh, doesn't, it, you know, it doesn't, it, it just because it's, it's electric, it's, it's not uh, zero emission free. And uh, you need to have that big picture and support all the different details in that sense to deliberately make sure that you're making the best possible decisions at, at all times. Uh, but the good thing here is that uh, it's not, you, you know, it's, it's a big change in society. All of these, you know, big challenges in terms of, of supporting uh, a cleaner future is actually happening at high speed everywhere. So uh, people being a bit uh, pessimistic about this this uh, development, uh, take a step back these days because the, the, this, the, 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 I would say that the, the, the pace of new initiatives, new findings, new innovations, uh, new legislation is happening at a speed that no one would ever think it would only a few years ago. So this is happening in conjunction with the fact that uh, drivetrains will be replaced by by, by, by electrical drivetrains. So it's it's um, it's but we can do better, and we need to share what we you know what may be done to accelerate this 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 way forward. Uh, but I guess a, a key for you is the transparency. Yes. To be a very open, yeah, open and not be stupid about the fact mm. that you know pretending that this is good just because mm. we're doing what we're doing. It's not. Mm. It, it's a much bigger uh, obligation or, or, or responsibility. Uh, being a customer, using whatever we're using, but uh, in this specific case, don't hide behind the fact that you have an electric bike and think that you're okay just because of that. Uh, isn't isn't battery still kind of a weak link for, yes. for many companies? Both I, the production, uh, the content and the production yeah, of it, yeah. and, and also the durability that it doesn't last yeah. that long yet. Yeah, yeah. I think that uh, again, uh, not being overly optimistic here, uh, but speaking about the, the, the challenges at first, uh, lithium, for instance, that has been been uh, processed uh, from from. Uh, Resources in Bolivia uh, has had bad consequences for 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 um, for the region with droughts and 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 uh, you know lack of fresh water and whatever. So that has been a problem. But it shows that lithium, for instance, uh, is available in a number of different areas around the world, and so far it hasn't been commercially 
commercially uh, you know uh, viable to actually uh, to, to, to process it so this is now changing so for in, for instance I think that 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 together with with cobalt which is a bigger issue actually that is going to be a okay. tight sector but uh, it happens so that that Finland has a lot of lithium yeah and I think cobalt. I read about that this just this week or something yeah it's absolutely crazy so yeah. I, I wouldn't you know I wouldn't be surprised if, if Finland becomes the new Norway as the oil mm. uh, business kind of <laughs> does you know uh it won't disappear, of course, but I mean, uh, the future is not potentially oh, yeah. as bright. But I want to say something which is amazing. Uh, thanks to collaboration together with with uh, a Swedish company here, uh, we're actually uh, developing, and we will, you know, at uh, the time for of, of the launch of our bike, also start uh, selling solar cell panels. Um, so uh, the solar, the, what we're doing is basically, you know, not supporting a whole roof of a, a barn or, a, you know, a, a, your house, but uh, something which is sized accordingly to the need of, of becoming self-sufficient uh, when, you know, using your bike. So with your bike and that solar panel system, uh, you, you will never, ever, uh, you know, use anything but uh, solar-powered energy. So... That also, you know, even though it's, I'd say that uh, out of 100 bikes, we might be selling five solar panels. But the ability with yeah. current technology to have someone support their own riding, you know, fun experience uh, and being self-sufficient when it comes to energy is, is beautiful. So while this 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 gang in our uh, imaginative uh, commercial, while they are climbing, yeah. the bikes are charging on solar power, yes. and then they can ride home. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's 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 it's. I mean, I'm just so fortunate to be living, you know, during these times when this actually happens. It's it's, and I would say I, I just watched this amazing program on or amazing program. The information was amazing. The 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 TV show was right as well. It was a BBC BBC thing on solar uh, energy. And uh, solar energy has now uh, come down uh, below the actual cost per kilowatt hour, uh, below oil at this yeah. point, which is, you know, again, five years ago, people would have said no chance, maybe in 25 years, mm. but it's happening now. I think I think Germany is like up to, I don't know, is it 85% of their electricity is, is renewable? Or? It happened one day. Uh, so oh, okay, that was also okay, a super okay. interesting survey. But okay. uh, they're measuring of, you know. Yeah, but still. So they've done it uh, someday mm. a month ago, and that is also big news, mm. of course. And it shows not that it's going to happen from one day to another, but the trend is clear. It's happening. And, and it's more people, fast. more people in the U.S. working within the renew, renewable energy sector than working within the uh, fossil fuel yeah. sector, for instance. Yeah, that's also quite amazing. Yeah. Um, what what kind of reactions, what kind of uh, reactions have you gotten so far from this, from this project? Like from the industry and from the media. Yeah, and from people I, I would around. say that. Uh, uh, still, I, I'm trying to keep it. You know, I, I, you know, I'm still running under the, the the radar to some extent because the proof is in the pudding. I want to. I'm going to scream about what we're doing and what we've achieved when there's a bike that people can ride and it's there and we've accomplished everything we said we we're going to accomplish. So right now I, I'm keeping it kind of low, not you know bragging about or or scream screaming out what our you know uh, findings would be. Uh, but I'm 100% confident that we will bring something to the market where I proudly will not brag but be extremely proud about what we as a team have have accomplished in that sense, and that will promote uh, and exaggerate. Uh, or not, I would I would say exceed my my expectations at this point. 
Um, do you, at this point, do you have the time and the energy to kind of, uh, do you have any further future plans or are you still like 100% dedicated to cake or will you in five years time or 10 years time, like leave that behind you and jump on to something new? Well, electric spaceships. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, uh, I would say that, um, at this point, uh, There's nothing but this business endeavor for me, or let's call it, uh, you know, endeavor. Uh, a part of it is is business, but and I need to be a hundred percent committed to that. So it's not like on the, during my puck days that I was thinking about what what will I do in five years or in seven years. It was really like quick. I jumped from one day to another. Real, having, you know, I got to the point where I realized that uh, I need new space. And uh, same thing here. I don't know what's going to happen in five or six or ten years. I don't have uh, any ambition of, of, of going to Mars or doing anything else which is uh, uh, extreme or, or uh, extremely ambitious. Or, or uh, uh, I need to be... And it's not like I, I need to tell myself, hey, hold back, this is what you're doing right now. I'm 100% committed and passionate about what I'm doing. And as long as I have that driving me for this specific case, that's how long I will continue doing what I'm doing. Do you have anything else that you would like to add? Have we forgotten anything? I think that, that there's so... Again, uh, uh, I think we've conceptually, uh, you know, embraced what this 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 uh, journey is about so uh, why cake? what about yourself <laughs> why cake why well, cake why cake that that's it, a, a, a simple story is, is it true by the way that the pock is piece of cake yes so uh, the, the story is that if you would know about the pock brand you might have also seen the symbol of pock which is basically uh, you know like an orange propeller. And that orange propeller is actually uh, a, a symbol, a graphic symbol, deriving from from crash test dummies. And before I named Pock, I knew that I wanted to 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 use that symbol as as you know the symbol for a safety brand. So it all came together and made sense. Uh, and uh, one morning at Danvik's Tours Brown, just you know, uh, on getting to work in the morning, uh, I I started associating what that symbol looks like. And looking at that symbol from above, it looks like two pieces of, of, of cake. And piece of cake is a fun saying, so the P and the O and the C became a short, uh, you know, workable name. And that's the story. So uh, my next journey is, uh, you know, leaving the pieces of cake aside and doing the cake. So looking at the, the logo, it's it's a cake from above with the piece of cake, with one piece of cake gone. So that's the story behind uh, why... Why? But we never ever communicated piece of cake at Pock. It was just a, the story behind it, and now I can tell the story behind <laughs> it. The, as I need to explain why why the company name is cake. And perhaps a future project will be cream or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what the topping is going to be? That's going to be the, the the next thing, I guess. Yeah. 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 Uh, thank you so much for for taking your time to do this. Thank you so much, thank and you. it's always you know always. Uh, i love uh, chatting uh, with you and and uh, having a, the the opportunity for this next uh, uh, you know 
discussion or, or chat between us has been uh, great. Thank you. Thank you so much. Husky is recorded with support from Naturkompaniet. The music is made by Joel Mull. flexibility take yoga one flexibility with your health insurance check out united healthcare insurance plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company they offer flexible budget-friendly medical dental and vision coverage that may be right for you more at uh1.com mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.